Welcome to Thrive, a Paychex business podcast where you'll hear timely insights to help you navigate marketplace dynamics and propel your business forward. Here's your host, Gene Marks. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us back at the Paychex Thrive podcast. Uh, my name is Gene Marks. Hopefully, you guys are familiar with my face and my voice at this point of time. Thank you so much for joining us. And I am sitting here uh, with Jack Kelly. Jack is the CEO of WeCruiter. Jack, first of all, thank you very much for joining us today. My pleasure. I'm, I'm honored to be here. I've seen a lot of your, your podcasts and you do a great job. Thank you. Thank you. Well, yeah, I'm pleased to be here because you, um, we have a lot to talk about, about uh, managing employees and, and I want to get your input. First of all, you're the, so you're the CEO of WeCruiter, which is W-E-C-R-U-I-T-R.com, yeah. correct? But I think I got to change it because people have a hard time with that name. So I, I don't know. I think maybe, maybe I'll get feedback oh, from, get- from, from the audience to see like, all right, maybe it's a little too much of a tongue twister. <laughs> no, no, no. It kind of works for me. Yeah. It's good. So what does the company do? So what happens is, so basically, my like real kind of job is uh, I'm the CEO of a ser- executive search firm called the right. Compliance Search Group, and we place people primarily in Wall Street, and it's a small business, really, about a dozen people, and we've been doing this for years. During the pandemic, when, as we all know, it's just horrific, especially in the early days when mm-hmm. there was just massive layoffs, massive firings, downsizings. I figured, hey, there has to be something we can do to help out. And so we started WeCruiter, which is was a platform based just to help people during this time period. We didn't charge anything. Mm-hmm. And what we did is we offered kind of Zoom meetups where people could ask questions. Hey, how do I interview? What do I do? How do I keep sane? <laughs> is it just me or is this everybody? Sure. And we then offered kind of a directory for recruiters, career coaches, resume writers. So it was really just all about during that time period to help out, to show that you're not in it alone, that you have help. And, and it's one of those things I'm glad we did because, you know, it's one of these things I think, Gene, looking back 10, 20 years from now, I could feel like, hey, at least we tried to make a difference and help people out who are struggling during kind of the worst time of their life. Yeah, I'm really glad to hear that. And I know you've learned a lot of things and you're continuing to learn a lot of things. And as you and I are talking right now, I mean, we're in uh, we're in the midst of such a huge disruption in the workforce and you know the labor market in general. You wrote a piece uh, for Forbes um, back in early January called yeah. Leadership Lessons from the Happiest Place in the World. And you interviewed a guy named Jesper Zerlang, who's the CEO of Logpoint. Um, tell me a little bit about that interview and, and this guy, yeah. Jesper. What did you learn? It's really, it's really interesting because I didn't know that you know, Denmark... And the neighboring countries were kind of so happy, but it does, I'll take them at their word that they are. And yeah. it's interesting because Jesper runs a cybersecurity company. So you would think cybersecurity, maybe a little boring and, you know, kind of, you know, you, 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 you know, we all have preconceived notions. But what was really nice and surprising is that he had a very enlightened, forward thinking view that as time progressed, we saw other companies adopt it. So he laid forth kind of a blueprint, what I've seen with a lot of companies writing for Forbes over the last, you know, let's during the whole pandemic of, of this whole new trend that's happening, Gene. It, it's so wild because pre-COVID till now, the way employees are treated is radically different. Now, yeah. because there's a war for talent, there's a great resignation, companies, ha- their main thing is how do I attract? How do I retain? How do I recruit people? 
And if we don't do a job, and what Jasper, Jasper was saying, he gave kind of guidelines, a blueprint, what to do. Mm-hmm. In no particular order. Like one of the things I really like what he said is about psychological safety. Okay. And I, I, I got to admit, I didn't know that term until, you know, he mentioned it. And with psychological safety, as I understand it, is that in his organization, you could do something, you could fail, and that's okay. You're not going to be bullied by the boss. You're mm-hmm. not going to lose your job. Now, now, maybe if you did something on purpose, well, that's one thing. But if you did it and you're just doing your job, but somehow it didn't work out, that's okay. Hmm. We'll learn okay. from it and move forward. Right. Which sounds, you know, okay. But when you really think about it, for a worker, it makes you feel comfortable. Like, okay, I could try to do something, Gene. I could try this. And if it doesn't work, I don't have to worry about the repercussions and lose my job. Right. And it's so freeing to do. Right. Yeah, it's funny when I think about the psychological safety, you know, as you say that. So there's, I mean, I'm I'm a business owner myself. If somebody is failing too much, what does a business owner do in that situation though, Jack? I mean, like, you know, you know, this guy Jesper says, like, well, listen, you can fail, you know, you've got safety, you know, we're not gonna fire you. But you know, isn't there a certain point where if a person's not doing their job? Um absolutely. You know, you know absolutely. how do you reconcile that? You know, I can tell you from firsthand experience because mm. from my own companies in terms mm. of hiring and having to let go people, and then just as an executive recruiter, seeing it all the time when people come to me, I think sometimes the best thing to do is, let's say, Gene, you know, Sally is uh, the person. Right away, I would kind of speak to Sally, even though, let's say, it didn't work out, right? and we're having psychology, psychological safety, so I'm not throwing her under the bus, mm-hmm. but sit down and explain, hey, Walk me through why you did this, what happened, what were you thinking, and try to get a plan so for the next time, it won't happen again. Mm. Then if it happens again the next time, then have a a follow-up conversation to see what happens. But then you're kind of making a mental note. All right, this, okay, twice could be something, maybe. (laughs) Let's see what's going to happen. Then if it goes on again, you might have to sit that person down and say, hey, let's get a game plan. We have to improve. Here's what we need you to improve and give kind of a a list almost of the, so it's super clear. Here's right. our expectations. Here's what our expectations when you came in, here's what we were expecting you to do. And here's the outcome we want to have. And we want you to stay here. We want you to be a valuable member of the team. But if you can't do this, I don't know if we could keep you. So this way you lay it out so right. that if you do have to let that person go, it doesn't come as a shock. And, and I think the audience of small business owners could appreciate what I'm going to say next is in today's litigious society, it's very easy. Listen, this is uncomfortable for me to say. It might not be politically correct, but it's, you know, this is, this is probably why you want to have people like me on, the, on, the, on the, you know, these kind of meetings. So to talk mm-hmm. about it is that you have to worry if you just out of the, seemingly out of the blue say, hey, I'm letting you go. That person may say, hey, you're doing it because, and then they'll fill in the blank because right. of this bias, this prejudice, this what have you, where that's not the case. But they're going to maybe presume it is. So if you lay out the groundwork beforehand and make sure that everybody is aware of it, documented, and it's sad that you have to do that, but it is what it is. So this way, when and if it comes time to have you to let that person go, it's not a surprise. There was one warning, two warnings, three warnings. Everything is documented. So it's never pleasant. It's always uncomfortable what happens, but at least managing expectations and that everyone's on the same page. 
All right, let's move to some other things you talked about with Jesper. Um, one of the things that you led the column off um, with was about, you know, the, the modern hybrid workplace. Yes. So, you know, what does that mean, Jack? Does that mean, you know, you know nobody's going to be working from home or uh, are we not shutting down our offices to have a complete virtual office? It's something in the middle, I guess, right? This is, I, I got, I've been writing a lot about this, mm. a lot where it's, we're seeing, I would say from what I'm reporting on, maybe... 40% of the knowledge workers. Now, this won't include people who are working like in, in machinery and factories because they have to go in. But for office workers, they're looking maybe about 20 to 30, if not more percent, are either going to be hybrid or remote work. Right. And with the hybrid, the way it's playing out with a lot of these firms, it's going to be maybe two, three days in the office and the rest working from home. Right. There's, there's a large contingency that is saying, hey, I just want remote. And if I don't have remote, I'm going to quit. And that's not an idle threat, Gene, because sure. 4 million Americans are quitting pretty much almost every month. Mm-hmm. And there are 11 million jobs opening. Mm-hmm. So if somebody isn't happy and they're feeling, hey, I got used to working remotely for the last two years. Now you're making me schlep back into an office. Mm-hmm. No way. I'm leaving. I'm going somewhere else. So companies now are in a challenging spot because if they push too hard, they could lose their best and brightest. Right. But then- some companies feel, I need you in the office. It's more productive in the office. Sure. But if you push too much, you have to worry about how, that, how they're going to take it. So what's the solution to that, Jack? I mean, it, you know, and, you're, and this is such your opinion, and I guess it depends on the company. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, my clients, like, are, they're trying to work this out on an employee-by-employee basis. Some people work really well from home, and they can get their jobs done that way. Others um, actually prefer coming into the office, you know? What, what do you see your clients do when, when it comes to handling a work-from-home policy? I, I find out probably one of the best ways is to sit down, as you pointed out, and, and really get the pulse of what the people want. Because if, let's say, you're a working mother and you have young children, and right. here in New York and New Jersey, the schools were closed on and off, you might they may say, hey, Gene, Jack, can, can I just work remotely? Because this is chaos. I don't know from day to day whether they're going to go to school or not. It's hard to manage. Let me work from home. There may be others like me. I've been working remotely. Hmm. I, I can't take it. <laughs> so I would be, so you're my boss. I would yeah. say, Gene, you know what? You know what? I'll come in. You know, yeah. maybe I'll do just four days because it's a commute to go from where I live in New Jersey to New York. It yeah. takes a while. So maybe four days. I'll come in. And, and I'd want to get it. And, and I think by speaking to your employees and getting a sense of what's important to them, then you can help make a decision because it's not a one size fits all. You might have people who want to come in two or three days or maybe two days or what have you. And I think by doing that, it's going gonna, it's gonna to keep the retention level up and, and mute the attrition level because they're going to feel, hey, Gene and Jack as the, as the managers really listened to me and they right. heard what I had to say and then they, and they offered a way for me to work the best way I can. Now, because of that, I'm, a, I'm appreciative. And, and, and odds are I'm going to work even harder because I want to keep this going on. You know, this is, um, all of this kind of comes down to, you know, another thing that you, you touched on in this piece in Forbes is, um, is flexibility. You know, yes. I mean, it's just, you know, for before the pandemic, um, you know, a lot of employers and let's, you know, let, let's all agree that, 
you know, most small business owners, in fact, more than half of them are, you know, over the age of 50, you know, still, that's what the demographics are showing according to the Small Business Administration. So a lot of them are kind of set in their ways. They're used to the old ways of running a business. And a lot of younger employees, uh, the, you know, the the millennials and the Gen Zers, they, they are asking for more flexibility. They want to work from home. They want to work remotely. They want to, you know, as long as they're getting their job done. And we resisted that, you know, for a while. The pandemic kind of kind of blew that out of the water, didn't it? It seems like that, you know, the the, the best run companies as they look ahead are saying we, we've got to have the ability to provide flexibility for our employees. Does that make sense? It does. And I think it really boils down to autonomy and freedom. Because, Gene, if let's say you're my boss and you give me that choice. I'm going to feel so much better about it than rather you saying, like, for instance, and I'm not picking on any one company, Wall Street in particular, like Goldman Sachs and J.P. Morgan, very much, we want you back in. We want you to come in. Mm-hmm. And pe- even if you want to come in, you don't want to be like scolded and chided right. to come in. You right. want that choice. So I think if you offer choice and you say, hey, if this is how you're going to work best, do it. Yep. But then you monitor it and make sure, because let's say I'm not doing a good job working remotely, then you're well within your rights to tell me, hey, Jack, you know what? You know, I gave you all the freedom, all the autonomy to work remotely. But the output, but let's talk about it. Let's figure this out. You know, if you want sure. to work remote, I can still try to figure out how I can keep you remote, but we got to kind of get the production up. So again, I think it boils down to kind of having that interaction with the individuals to make sure that they're empowered and they feel confident in what they're doing. And if not, to have some checks and balances in place. So we're talking about having an environment where there's psychological safety. Um, we're talking about an environment that um, is hybrid as much as we can you know, make it, where people have the ability to work from home um, you know, a couple of days a week. Um, we're talking about being flexible with our employees. These are all key things that we have to have in consideration when we're recruiting people in, in a time where finding people are really tough and, of course, retaining our employees as well. There are a few other things you brought out in this column as well. You, you talked about diversity. Um, tell us why diversity is so important, Jack. What's really interesting is that and th- this, there's, with a lot of these things, there's the pros and the cons. Yeah. On one side, what's happening, and this happened early on when Twitter was saying, you know, early days, like March of 2020, hey, we're going to let you work remote and you can work from anywhere you want. Mm. But then they offered, we could recruit from wherever we want. So what happens is this, if you're a worker, and you're used to a certain area, I'm competing against people in my, you know, if you draw a circle around the commuting distance. Sure. And it's competition, but now you're competing against the whole world. Mm. So that it becomes a little tougher. Mm. So the companies in a way have the flexibility to say, hey, I could get from anywhere in the country. And the subtext is, huh, maybe if they're living in a place in another country that's really cheap, I don't have to pay them that much and I could save money. But then for someone who lives in the U.S., it's a little tough because now I'm competing with everybody. So it's it's a weird thing. So to go back to your point about diversity is once you could recruit anywhere for a job, you could get anybody you want. And to me, diversity doesn't necessarily mean, you know, black, white, pink, green. It means someone who's in rural Arkansas, who's a brilliant software person who can't get a job in Silicon Valley because they want to be with their family and they don't want to go to Silicon Valley. Now you can, that person could work in Silicon Valley for a tech company. So it does open up a lot of doors where you could have diversity of thought, 
diversity in terms of religions, races, sizes, shapes, everything. Because sure. now you're not just pulling from one small group that could commute into your office. Tell me about collaboration as well. I mean, you put together all of these people from all you know around the country, maybe even around the world. Um, you know, what did what did Jesper say about collaboration and, and how it's impacted his company? And what is he doing? So you know, collaboration, it's with but I'm saying not only with Jasper, but across the board. Mm. This is something that is evolving because mm-hmm. I, on one hand, by collaborating, you kind of work together. But if you have a distributed workforce, the challenge becomes you're not seeing each other every day. You're not, kind of, you're not, you're not at the water cooler after, after, you know, next week after the you know, Super Bowl. And we're all like, oh, wow, did you see that play? Oh, did you see that? Right. You kind of lose out. So you try to have the collaboration. You have to work at it. But I think unless you really put in the time and the effort and also have the technology and the tools to get people together, it could be rough. I've seen studies with SHRM, the, the largest uh, HR group, saying that managers, this is like in surveys, actually saying, hey, I don't like remote workers because <laughs> I forget about them right. and <laughs> they're hard to manage. But, and they're just being honest because it is hard to manage. And especially right. when you didn't have to do that before. Sure. So, so that what I see with a lot of companies now, they're putting in new technologies, platforms, apps to try to keep. But that is one of the biggest thing to go back to, to your question about hybrid work. I mm-hmm. think the companies that are do it well will be the ones who could really get their arms around, you know, their employees, no matter where they were and where they live. Mm-hmm. And the ones who don't, it's going to be tough because then they're going to feel like second class citizens. They're sure. going to feel left out. And think about it. I could tell you as a recruiter, if you're home all day, and you feel overlooked and that no one cares about you, you're going to be sending resumes all day. You're, you're going to be looking for a job. You're going, to, you're going to call up recruiters from the comfort of your home. It's no longer where you're in the office and you get on the phone and you look around and, <laughs> and everyone knows you're on with a recruiter and you have to sneak out. Like, ah, right. Jack's on with a recruiter. Right. At home, it's not. So this is going to be, this is going to be like, this is going to be a big test to see how they could function post-pandemic. So, Jack, finally, um, you know, a lot of this stuff also has to do with just employee engagement and employee satisfaction. Um, you write a little bit about you know, their accomplishments and, and celebrating workplace accomplishments. And I always joke, I mean, you know, I think it's something like half the employees now are close to half or like of the millennial generation. These are like the age of my kids, you know, yeah. and, you know, you know, we raise them where, you know, they, they got a trophy, even if they <laughs> were in last yeah. place, you know? So I see that you mentioned like workplace accomplishments and celebrating it, but you know, this is something, this is a generational thing. I think younger workers do want to be recognized for their, for their accomplishments. So they, they do like the celebrations around it and at least just to be noticed. What are your thoughts on, on, you know, on, on, you know, you're giving rewards and awards for accomplishments in the workplace and, you know, how to make a big deal. It's hard to separate. I'm a, I'm a Gen Xer, right? So it's Mm -hmm. hard to separate your own lived experience to what other people are looking for. So like when I started working, no one cared about me. They no couldn't care less. No one said to me, Jack, how's your mental health? How's your well-being? I know. No right. one cared. Right. You know, no, didn't mean to a mean. It just wasn't a thing. Sure. Now it's completely different. It's all about how you're doing, how's your mental health? Hey, great job. And for managers, you have to kind of know you're you have different personalities. And and I'm not saying you have to coddle people, but you have to get a Gen X or it'd probably be like, yeah, whatever, I don't care. 
you know, baby boomer maybe a certain way. Millennials, Gen X is a completely different way. So for managers moving forward, it's much tougher. It it's is. very different. The generations uh, are different the way they have to work. And now because it's a hot job market, mm. they're in a box. Because mm. if you don't take them seriously, even if they all want to get a trophy, they'll just leave. And then right. you'll, you'll, you'll lose the best and brightest. So you kind of have to find a way to, to kind of incorporate them. I'll give you an example. So there's this company, uh, 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 Human Scale. So I'm, I'm kind of spacing out on the exact name of it, Gene, okay. but what they do is they'll offer um, social recognition within the company. So let's say somebody does a good job on social media internally. They'll say, hey, Gene did a great job. This is what he did. And you give that kind of shout out and then maybe a little monetary financial reward. So sure. there are kind of ways that you can kind of give that pat on the bat. You can show that appreciation and, and, it, and it goes a long way. Yeah. I see a lot of my clients, you know, they, they use team building apps. They use, yeah. um, you know, in, internal competitions, friendly competitions. They give gift cards out yeah. to their employees. They have little fringe benefits. They have a, literally the parking space is not as popular now because everybody working from home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but days off also is so um, you're right. The rewards part are, are very, are very important. So again, psychological security, giving people rewards, having a hybrid workplace, being flexible, um, you know, going out to a, you know, a diverse workforce, not necessarily race, color, gender, whatever, but just diverse wherever they happen to exactly. be in backgrounds. Cause that will bring all of that to your company. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, having good collaboration tools to talk with each other and, and rewarding your employees. These are all of the things, Jack, right, that go into running yeah. a successful, this is what you learned from, from Jasper Zerlang at LogPoint, yeah. I guess what you're seeing with your clients, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and if I could add just one more thing that, yeah. you know, he and I talked about too, is that the reality is in this kind of environment, if it stays the way it is, and mm -hmm. hopefully it does, like where it's mm -hmm. a good economy, things, you know, are, are, you know, it's not perfect, but it's good. There's mm -hmm. a the employment numbers are pretty high mm -hmm. so that it's really hard to attract and retain people so yes. that you, so for, for business owners, you have to really kind of keep that in mind yeah. because now they have options and they have choices yeah. and, and it makes that job much tougher to do. So you have to find ways to be empathetic. You have to find ways to show appreciation, to show sure. gratitude, to sure. find out what make, what's important to them and then have it offer and everyone's going to be different. And so the whole way things are going now is so different than it was just three years ago. And it's hard, it's hard for many managers and business owners to get their head around it because it's like you're used to doing something for 10, 20, 30 years, and now you have to do it all differently. Not easy. Yeah, it's changed a lot. It changed a lot. One of the many challenges that we have running a business in 2022 and beyond. Jack Kelly is the CEO of Recruiter. That's W-E-C-R-U-I-T-R. -E no E on the E, right? Uh, yep. Wecruiter.com. Jack, thank you so much for thank joining you. us. Yeah, lots of fun and Excellent. great, great advice that you have. And, and guys, if you want to check out Jack's column, it's, uh, it was written on January 4th on Forbes.com. And Jack contributes lots of stuff to Forbes as well. So you can catch him on there as well at Forbes.com. My name is Gene Marks. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Thrive. Do you have a topic or a guest that you would like to hear on Thrive? Please let us know. Visit payx.me forward slash thrive topics and send us your ideas or matters of interest. Also, if your business is looking to simplify your HR, payroll, benefits, or insurance services, see how Paychex can help. Visit the resource hub at paychex.com forward slash works. That's W-O-R-X. Paychex can help manage those complexities while you focus on all the ways you want your business to thrive. 
I'm your host, Gene Marks, and thanks for joining us. Till next time, take care. This podcast is property of Paychex Incorporated 2022, all rights reserved.